I said to him, no more. No okay. more. Everybody the same. Okay. Everybody fucking busted. Hands. Everybody. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. This is Uncle Tickles, and you are listening to New Dad. I hope you all brought your appetites today, because we are talking about one of my favorite topics, food. And we've covered this in the Progress Report episodes, but uh, there is no secret here. I love to eat, and uh, today we'll be talking about my love for eating, as well as uh, you know some of our favorite family meals growing up some of the meals we're making for our children today and it gets dark but our last meals what we would choose for our last meals and and to talk about these fantastic topics we brought back two new dad fan favorites the two gentlemen who have appeared now on uh, the show (laughs) more than any other guests adam the chicken tender king of Minneapolis, Jenrick and Michael Flynn here to dish on their favorite dishes. And, and I got pretty wrapped up in this episode. It was a, uh, you know, as I do when these guys come on, it's it's easy for me to forget that it's an actual uh, podcast we're taping. These are two of my oldest friends um, get caught up in the conversation. So I forgot to contribute to to quite a bit of these topics. And, and half the reason I wanted to do this episode was to talk about some of this stuff from from my own upbringing and i've been pretty critical at times of of my parents and my own upbringing and um you know I, I think it's fair that we give credit where credit's due because in the realm of of meals and food my parents uh, certainly exceeded you, you know when you consider the hand they were dealt and, and and really what we had to work with so the fridge was always full um you know and there was always a you know hot meal and dinner was a place where we all kind of gathered to you know um, our family was extremely close especially you know my me and my siblings and I, I think part of that was was based around you know this meal time and um, you know I've loved food since I was a kid so I was constantly you know kind of at my mom's hip when she was cooking um, what I remember about her as a cook was her resourcefulness she you know could be missing three out of three to five uh of or i should say three out of five ingredients uh, for a recipe and it would still turn out excellent um and you know she was just um someone who could really you know take lemons and, and turn them into lemonade um a lot in the kitchen and, uh, and you know, my dad was no slouch himself. He will he will tell you that his spaghetti was better than my mom's, even though they they used the same jarred sauce. But um, and in in you know, Jono and I have talked in past episodes about his bagged lunches for for school. They are notorious and legendary. Um, but the person who gave me my love for cooking and the person who was probably the best cook I've ever come across in my entire life uh, was my Yaya. And in life uh, and in cooking, she was adventurous and courageous and uh, just blessed with a remarkable combination of natural talent and and an ability to cook something once and cook it like she had been cooking it in her entire life, Um, which is really rare, you know, for, for those people who like to experiment and try new recipes, you know that typically that first time, um, you know, they, it, things don't turn out so well, but, um, you know, it was just such a raw, natural ability 
Um, there wasn't anything that she couldn't cook. And uh, when you have holidays on that side of the family and you know, I hosted, uh, it was something like uh, out of a George R. R. Martin novel where the feast was just uh, endless and every tabletop legitimately in our house or any surface had food on it. Um, you know, whether it be it just something, it just was overflowing with abundance. Um, and when she got sick towards the end, I didn't see her in the hospital. And it was uh, one of the few things that I'll, I'll probably regret my entire life. But the last time I did see her was, was with my brother and we stopped by her house unannounced. Um, and it was just, I mean, textbook, stereotypical Yaya. It just, the minute she saw us, it was uh, in, in kind of one fluid motion. It was a hug um, and a pivot and she was off into the kitchen, um, you know, to, to rustle up something to eat. And that was just her nature. You know, she wanted to feed you. There was never enough, um, you know, regardless of, of how much you protested or how full you said you were, um, she was still going to pull stuff out. And, um, you know, we were a Greek family. And I think that that's, if you know, pr pretty par for the course for a lot of Greek families and Italian families too. But, you know, it was something just to be seen, to see. She was, a, a, a you know, a, a small woman by all accounts. Uh, but when she started going, she was like a little old hurricane. And, um, you know, she would usher you in and put you at the kitchen table. And like I said, she's rifling through the fridge almost immediately. And, you know, she's listing off any leftover she has. She's essentially telling you, you know, she's giving you this menu and she's putting it down for you. So, um, you know, in, in this case, the meal was pretty simple. She had some bread, um, uh, a leftover pasta. Definitely a sausage, a homemade soup, um, and then the, like no meal would be complete at Yaya's um, without one of her salads. And the salad could change, you know, depending on what was seasonal or, or the ingredients. But for the most part, it was just, you know, uh, what you would imagine as a Greek salad. But, um, you know, it tasted unlike any other salad. I've ever had. It's one of those things that you cannot replicate. No matter how many times I've seen her make it, and I know what goes into it, I know the process. I, you know, sometimes I dream about her making salad, and I'm there as a kid again, and I'm making the salad with her. You know, it was it was leftovers, but it was one of the better meals. And I remember in the moment, just everything, just thinking like, God damn, it's everything. All of this is just so good, and this is just. You know, a hodgepodge of, you know, you go into my fridge right now and I have leftovers, but half of it's trash, you know. Um, you know, it's edible, but it's admittedly trash. And I'm a decent cook. It makes me sad knowing I didn't see her at the end, but also having that be my last memory is, um, there's something for that to be said too, I guess. Um, but in my mailbag, I, I said my last meal would be a rack of lamb. And in the interview with Mike and uh, Jenrick, I even edit it and talk about I'd swap out mashed potatoes for for noodles but honestly if if I could have my yaya salad just one more time and uh, and have it be made by her that's all I would want um so yaya thank you for for that for you know giving me a love for food and a love for cooking uh, my waistline doesn't thank you but my taste buds do so this one's for you yaya Rob Cause, take it away. 
Welcome back. This is Uncle Tickles. As uh, we just mentioned, we are talking about food today with two of my favorite guests. We have Adam Jenrick and Michael Flynn returning. And uh, Adam, Michael, uh, food in your house, I'm, I'm curious, growing up, was there any foods that your parents made, uh, whether it be a special meal or, or just something that you really enjoyed, that stands out to you? Um, or something that still to this day you, you find yourself craving a little bit? Um, I, you know, I, I know there's quite a few for me, but I want to hear from you guys first. We'll start with uh, we'll start with you, Adam. Uh, but besides rare Carl burgers, <laughs> the sloppy Joe burger, which isn't a sloppy Joe, it's just an under no burger. burger needs to be on a grill for more than thirty seconds. Nope. <laughs> After that, you're just burning it. If it's not if it's not bleeding down your face, it's not a burger. Yeah, it's a damn shame your dad and Mr. Kelly never got together. It's true. You know, they really enjoyed their undercooked red meats. Yes. Dude, um, the more you cook it, you cook out the protein, dude. You need all that for for max gains. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like uh, as far as stuff comes, that we, we did grill a lot. Um, you know, like as far as my parents' cooking styles go, my dad was kind of like the the, the grill master, the protein you know person. So, um, I would say what I still go back to, and my mom still goes back to when I go home, is just like a really thick bone-in pork chop that's barbecued. Mm. And my dad cooks it on the grill, and uh, so that's kind of like the meal that we. And of course, my wife doesn't eat uh, pork, so she's got to get her own thing. But um, you know, not not that we not that we ate poorly back home, but like my grandparents were actually the ones that we looked forward to, like what they were cooking when we were at their place, because they were a little bit more along those lines than my folks. So, so then, what was something your grandparents would make? Was there something that stands out for them? Yeah. So it's funny because I'm in the chicken business, but um, my my mom's mom. Uh, oh, here comes the plug. <laughs> Chicken tender king of Minneapolis. I, you know, he's like, you know what I really crave when I want that meal? It's just something from Kane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I want that home-cooked meal like Grandma would have made. Yep. I shoot over to Kane's. Yeah. Back in 89, Kane's oh. didn't exist. Kane's I was just exist. craving those tasty tenders. <laughs> tender onions. My mom's mom, you guys know her, my grandma C, we called her because uh, Grandma Cross, she lived with us uh, at the, the probably the last seven years of her life before she went into a home. So she used to cook fried chicken just straight up the worst way you could make it. So like, and that was our go-to meal with her when, before she lived with us, when we used to go to her house and stay overnight, it was be fried chicken. And that's kind of how we fell into, uh, fell in love with that kind of, uh, maybe even call it Southern style food. Cause she, she did grow up uh, in southern illinois and other places like that that they have a little bit more along those lines so have you had uh, an instance where you've had you know uh really good fried chicken and it kind of takes you back to your grandma or is there or is it more so that you most fried chicken you put in your mouth just doesn't doesn't do it justice we uh actually joanna's mom linda i don't think any of you've met joanna's mom but linda they they come from a, a middle eastern and greek descent so that's actually kind of a little bit i know you and heard tommy have shared kind of thoughts on food but her mom uh one time i can't remember if it was at their house or something she made a, a really good fried chicken that kind of took me back in that in that fashion and i'm sure we told her about it and awesome plenty what about you is there anything that that you remember eating growing up that uh was kind of like a something you wish you could go back and have right now or or just besides, love besides sandwiches <laughs> besides what sandwiches uh, yeah, no. So, I mean, growing up, our, our situation was my mom worked nights at the hospital. So she's usually sleeping during the day and my dad can't cook for shit, obviously. <laughs> so 
meals I remember would be like, yeah, my dad just getting some lunch, meat, some bread. Uh, I remember a lot of uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Um, and when I think when I was craving food, I would probably say three stars pizza. I mean, I, I think we probably ordered pizza three or four nights a week. If I'd call. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, well, at a minimum. Long John Silver's on Fridays. Long John Silver's. Uh, yeah, I, too, I could go for a hush puppy. That would definitely take me back. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say, I don't ever remember, like, I mean, my mom would cook. It'd be like chicken nuggets and french fries. Right. I don't remember, like, any, like... Elaborate meals? No. Was there, like, a grandma or anyone in the family who, who cooked like that? Or no? Uh, I mean, you guys have been to my grandma's house before. Right. I mean, she was pretty older. I mean, I remember meals there, but I also don't remember it being anything that was, like... That special. In all honesty, I remember the Long John Silvers in Henderson, Kentucky, more than any meal at my grandma's house <laughs> by, by far. Um, or uh, what was that buffet? Uh, Old Country Buffet? No, 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 no. It, it was in Kentucky, but oh. I can't think of Shoney's. Shoney's? Oh. Oh. <laughs> those are, I would say those are like the, the food memories I have. I don't remember like a meal or anything being like, oh, I remember my parents made this or that. And I remember some kick-ass restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> well... Well, that, that that's interesting, then, because, um, you know, and that brings me back to my point of being an overweight kid. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I mean, it, yeah, it does kind of bring to that point, because I was going to ask, like, how do you think that shaped your uh, relationship with food as you were becoming an adult living on your own? And, you know, like, that's one of the first things that I think a lot of people struggle with is, you know, if you've had parents who cook for you, you go out and now all of a sudden you're, you're doing all that stuff on your own. Um, because you worked in some kitchens in college, too, I imagine. Yeah. There's quite a bit you, you picked up there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, as you get older, you learn more. Um, I mean, you kind of have to right. in, in out of one or two ways. Either um, you have to find a different way to eat or you just learn more about how what nutrition is in food and you want to make a, an active change, I think. But oh, I think the relationship part, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know, remember anybody that was eating healthy. I don't know. I mean, no, what, no. we used to get 50-piece nuggets all the time. I don't remember oh, being like, hey, dude, do you think we should get, like, a salad? No. Uh, but then yeah. as you get older, then you start being like, oh, McDonald's is feeding you, like, this weird processed meat. And you're like, oh, why would I have eaten that? You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, you know what I mean? You can learn more as you get older. But I, I don't remember ever thinking and or caring yeah. really about food ever until maybe, like, 25. Well, for sure. And I think part of it's getting older, too. But part of it, I think, is maybe a little bit of, you know, just we know more, right? And that science has progressed, and or maybe it's just become more popular. Um, I mean, and you just look at athletes, right? And how they're taking care of their bodies compared to athletes. You know, like Larry Bird was literally yeah. smoking cigarettes and drinking beers at halftime, um, and now LeBron James spends a million dollars on his body on the off season. You know, and there's there's it's you know nutrition is part of that, a huge part of how you know athletes are taking care of their body better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but think I, about just the options too. Like, there weren't like, I mean, we were getting food at Jewel. There wasn't like the whole foods, you know what I mean? Like, you was like a grocery store you were getting your food from, you totally. know what I mean? Well, and, and Jenrick, you might be someone really good to, to talk about this, but also the proliferation of options as far as healthy kind of fast food options. I know uh, Protein Bar is one that, that jumps to mind, and Freshie is another that jumps to mind for me. Um, kind of, but I'm, I, I imagine there's probably, it's a sector that's probably booming and growing pretty fast. Is that accurate? Yeah, there's like, there's like your uh, sweet greens and uh, a lot more fast casuals and and you could call them fast foods or QSRs that are that are popping up that kind of meet some of those niches. You're you're seeing a lot more like Chipotle styles where it's Zoop, Cafe Zupas. I think I don't know if they're in Chicago or not, but it's basically the Mediterranean version of of Chipotle where it's like you got three options to start, then add this, this, and this, and 
uh, it's becoming, it's a little more niche. So obviously you're going to, you know, have to depend on meeting the needs of a, of a very specific group that can meet your financial needs. But yeah, it's definitely popping up a lot more. And, and I didn't plan on talking about this right away, but it, you know, I think we kind of organically kind of landed there. But, um, but one of the things that's fascinating to me looking at kids, uh, you know, whether it's you know, your guys' kids or other friends' kids, and even my own kids a little bit, is the food they're exposed to at, a, at an earlier age. And, you know, I know that, you know, not everyone is the most adventurous, but, you know, I, I see kids who are like six years old and can use chopsticks. And, it's, and it blows my mind, you know, or, or kids that are around that age, yeah, and they want to go out and have sushi. Like, they're choosing to go for sushi. Is it something that you guys are also noticing, or is this something that maybe – um, I'm, you know, I'm crazy and I'm just noticing. Um, well, I noticed it because Kate and I both love sushi. So the, the sushi reference part is just because, yeah, cause that's where I want to go eat. And if I got to go, um, uh, you know what I mean? Through the whole rigmarole of taking the kids out, uh, and having them, you know, just go crazy in public for an hour and a half, I at least want to eat something I want to eat. So I don't know if it's necessarily the cultural exposure is just, a, that's what I like. So, but I mean, but uh, how, how old were you when you had your first, uh, when you had sushi for the first time? I don't know. I mean, pretty young, 31, 32. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, that, that's, I got out there and tried at a really yeah, young age. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my point though. It's like, I don't, I don't think but I yeah, But at the same point, but I don't know if that was just, I don't know, because we were raised like in Woodstock, Illinois. And like, I don't know. Could you tell me one sushi restaurant there? I can't think of one. Well, not, well, not when we were, I mean, up, but now they I have feel one called... like I was pretty cultured going to El Niagara. <laughs> I mean, that, that was like ethnic food for us growing up. It totally, it was, um, now, supposedly, I, I know people and just from, uh, you know, Facebook and stuff who actually travel from like Maringo, uh, you know, Cary, they go to what's, there's a sushi place called Golden Rolls and supposedly it's really good. I don't, I've never eaten there, but uh, shout out to Golden Rolls in, in Woodstock. If you, if you want to sponsor new dads, yeah. reach out to the top. <laughs> that's right. I like them spicy rolls. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's just something I've kind of. I've kind of picked up on gender because that's something you've noticed with either your kids or uh, or your kids' friends. Probably less so my kids as I've seen it in some of their peer group. Um, and I think it's more just us, you know, what we've chosen to do or fell into doing. I think there's like a, and maybe this will be covered in other questions along these lines, but um, kids eat anything when they're young. Like you're probably in that phase right now where maybe Shep is starting to transition to like, I don't want this because goldfish are awesome. Oh yeah. He's there. He's in that picky stage. And it's like the more you nurture to keep them from recognizing like what, you know, you don't have a choice in what I'm giving you. Like, I think the more you're going to keep them open it up to sushi and other things or whatever you want to want to choose more fruits and vegetables, in my opinion, like getting them to recognize that like they, if they refuse something, it doesn't mean they get to choose something that they like more so afterwards so i think that's yeah. a really good point jenner is, is just giving them the options and making sure they're exposed to all of those things so they think that's the norm that like coming out of nowhere with like some strawberries <laughs> what the heck is this you know what i mean but if you if you're just you know giving them fruits all the time like you say then that's what it is so when they can't have this it's not like like you said i think that's a really good point um who's doing the cooking in your guys's houses is it something that uh one spouse is handling more than the other is it like a shared responsibility most of the time, well, I, I should say, you know, with COVID, we've been having to do a lot more meals with the kids at home. So um, that's been more of a challenge. But like in general, it's just trying to split it, to be honest with you, because no one likes to have to cook all the meals and or clean up after it. So it's it's give and take because most of the meals we're making for the kids aren't super elaborate. It's just getting it done. And then one person just has to watch the kids while the other person's cooking. So it's just trying to figure out who's, you know, 
in that state of mind to want to do the cooking and or watching the kids. For sure. And what about you, Jenner? Um, well, Joanna's a, actually a really good cook, so and she likes to. So um, I've gotten better over the time, but I'm much more kind of like my dad, like proteins, grill, charcoal. Um, so I handle Road? that side of things. Yep. Texas Roadhouse gotcha. Exactly. So she does <laughs> throwing peanuts on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the camera and show you mine. Um, the uh, dinner being the one meal that we typically, you know, spend more time thinking about what we're going to do as opposed to just whether it's a bowl of cereal or something in the morning. Uh, she probably does, I'd say 80%, maybe even more, but she does a good job with it. And, and, you know, tinkering with the combination of are, are we making for us the same meal hundred percent that the kids are going to eat or is there some kind of combination of the two or you know whatever that looks like so we're trying to we're trying to stay away from like well you get macaroni and you get a hot dog because that's what you're willing to eat and all that type of stuff yeah I, I can imagine that being tough um and, and Flynn kind of touched on this you know but with cooking what are the factors that kind of drive it is it just is it mostly about just what you can get out fast and that they'll eat at this point with the exception of maybe dinner, it sounds like. No, I think it depends. Yeah. I mean, I know what they'll eat for the most part. You know what I mean? So it's trying to find a balance of the garbage that they want versus something nutrition that they need. Right. And, you know, finding that happy medium. So the quickness, yeah. I mean, but it, I mean, I don't know any kids' meals. You know what I mean? I was talking like you're not making like lasagna from scratch for the kids. Right. You know what I mean? Right, like I'm, right. I'm saying for the most part, making like some quesadillas or some mac and cheese. You know what I mean? Or that doesn't oh, take extended periods of time. So it's not anything hard with that. It's just finding... What are they what are they gonna have? And Jenner brings them, the biggest point is not catering to each individual. Like you know, like you're like a like a short iron cook at uh, the Waffle House. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna be like, I want this, and like I want this. Like no, we're making this, and, and it goes across the board. Now where we where we divide sometimes is sometimes Kate and I will eat something different than what the kids, the kids will, for sure, yeah, hundred percent. So I would say like that's where we the, the divide comes in sometimes because they're not always eating what we're eating and vice versa. But it's making sure that they're each having basically the same thing. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and that sounds pretty similar to our play. It, you know, and it's easy now, and I'm just trying to kind of prepare for for the impending situation where Solo is eating solids and, uh, you know, where we're, we're trying to avoid exactly what you're talking about, the multiple meals for, for different kids. Uh, but 100%, you know, I would say we're always cooking – with the exception of probably breakfast, you know, where we're eating a lot of the same stuff where it's just like sausage, bacon, and eggs, fruit, whatever. Um, you know, we're having a separate lunch and we're having a separate dinner. So we're cooking a lot. I, mean, I went and breakfast at your place, bacon, eggs, fruits. Oh, yeah. It's like a brunch buffet over there yeah. at the Papa's house. It's not, I mean, they don't get all of that every time, but I'm just saying it's normally some combination of those things. Um, Coming down from breakfast at your place. Dude, come on down. Biscuits and gravy, That that that's in the Uncle Tickle specialty. I, do you guys have go-to meals like that that you kind of think of as like, uh, you know, let's say some cooking competition walked into your door right now and they said, hey, make your best dad meal, you know, that, that you like making for your kids. Uh, what what are you guys making for Chef Gordon Ramsay? Uh, and we'll go with Adam. Um, I would lose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like like Flynn said, like the go-tos is the, is the eat. Like if I'm responsible for dinner, like lunch is easy. It's like, you're trying to make sure they have a fruit, you're trying, or maybe a yogurt, you know, a sandwich or, you know, whatever. It's the div- div- division of like the food group thing. And you're trying to make sure they eat all that. 
on the dinner side, it's like, am I going to, am I getting like stir fry and broccoli and like making sure they have rice and hell no. Like, <laughs> like it's going to, if I'm responsible for all of it, it's going to be more the east side of things and probably giving them more of what they like. So whether yes. I'm putting pizza in or I'm making macaroni, no, I'm going to do a, a good job of it. I'm going to make it to the best of my ability, but I'm, I'm definitely joanna's putting the most thought into the dinner side of like she plans like she's gonna she, we were just talking about this tonight because her brother's coming into town with his wife and two kids and it's like all right we got to plan the next four dinners so you know she she does a good job of that but at the same time like we you know once a week it's probably pizza and once a week it's probably canes so okay yeah so flynn what are you making when gordon ramsey kicks down your door and starts uh shouting obscenities at you this is a good tip for your audience on how to sneak uh, nutrition into your kids. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Um, so I make a smoothie every day. It's like the exact same smoothie, but I love peanut butter. Uh, long story short, I had to cut out the peanut butter because I was eating way too much of it because it turns out there's a <laughs> lot of calories in peanut butter. But I use this this powder stuff called PB Fit. But either way, it still makes the smoothie really sweet. So it's ice, this PB Fit stuff, blueberries, um, and then it's like kale or arugula or collard greens and then um, bananas. Okay and chocolate flax milk or chocolate almond milk let me take that back and uh the the kids love it every it's one of those things where like when you know they see me making every day like they want to take it just to annoy me uh but then they actually start eating they don't realize that they're getting like an amazing amount of nutrition they each probably like slam like one of these a day like a cup a day of my like post-workout smoothie just because they love the peanut butter and um chocolate taste what's the predominant flavor that comes out peanut butter peanut butter oh awesome man it's like it's, fight, it's like fight milk. <laughs> Joanna, makes, uh, Joanna makes something similar, not not quite like a workout variety, but like blueberries, banana. Um, she also has a juicer, so like she made a thing tonight with dinner that was like apples, carrots. I think it was celery, maybe maybe spinach, whatever. And uh, some of the kids will drink, will do that, and which is obviously hiding it. Yeah, but that's another great way to sneak it in that uh, I didn't even think about. But then I kept taking my smoothies all the time, and I'm like, all right, well, they're actually yeah. probably pretty good for you, so go ahead. <laughs> So we, we, we talked a little bit about what your go-to meals would be if you're cooking for your kids. I, I'm kind of curious, you know, just you two, if you guys had to choose a last meal for yourselves, what you guys would uh, choose to dine on. Uh, Ooh, dark, dark question. I like that you're going there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, you know, don't necessarily think of it as like the meal you're having before you die, but just like the one meal you could have if you could have any meal you wanted at that moment um, at the snap of a finger. So, Flynn, we'll start with you. Ooh, put the pressure on. Yeah, so if I was about to die and I got one meal, um, calories don't apply, Flynn. I would probably say maybe like a, a three stars Euro pizza. Uh, I remember that would be pretty awesome. Um, maybe a hamburger of some sort that I'm trying to think of from where. I don't know. Shake Shack's okay, but I'd still think I'd probably just take like a double quarter pounder from McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Over that. I'm not mad at that answer. Jenrick, do you uh, have you thought about your last meal? Do you know what you'd be eating? I I actually would go burger too, um, but I and I'm odd because the place I'm going to mention is known not known for their burgers, but I would go with a Portillo's double cheeseburger Ooh. with fries with the cheese sauce, yeah. and we have we have Portillo's here in Minnesota, um, only a few, so and it's not super close, so like we we do it on occasion on like you know the ability to go real close by, by like you guys and. It's so good. Oh, I would do. I would definitely go there. That's fantastic. Uh, it was a question I had in my meal ba- in my mailbag, and I wanted to answer or see what you guys had to say. 
And I actually wanted to amend my mailbag answer if anyone's listening. I chose mashed potatoes, but I think I'd rather have like a sort of some sort of pasta, maybe some sort of uh, angel hair, and and you know with some sort of a light pan sauce. So um, otherwise, I would stick with the the rack of lamb and then um, some sort of salad and soup and greens. So um, or all of it. Yeah. Well, that's well. See, here's here's where it really, I, I actually have a hard time with this because if it was my last meal and it's really unlimited then it's really just going to sound like this crazy uh, haphazard buffet of like gyros and fried rice and lamb and salad. Oh, you know what else would be good? Sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Real quick. Um, what was that Greek place right by your house with Gus was the cook? Oh, their pizza pockets. Remember their pizza pockets? Beef Villa. Beef Villa. Oh, dude. A Beef Villa <laughs> pizza. A Beef Villa pizza puff. Throw that one back in the mix, dude. I just thought about that. Yeah. yeah, if I could have yeah. Gus fry me up one of those bad boys, yeah, maybe like fifteen. That'd be yeah. it. Uh, Sorry, uh, no, no, you, you never have to apologize. When just, came, just came up when we're talking about pizza puffs uh, from before. Um, <laughs> I mean, that place is you know, definitely got a, a very you know strong place in my heart, and it's weird because I live in Chicago. It's one of the culinary epicenters of the world, and you know, not just the United States, and. There's so many places from Woodstock, which is just a trash place as far as eating <laughs> options, that I find myself craving looking back at. You mentioned El Niagara plenty. Like, every time I'm back in uh, in Woodstock, I always pick up El Niagara chips and salsa. Um, Tommy's Red Hot. Oh, Tommy's. Okay. Uh, I've put a Tommy's hot dog versus most of the hot dogs you know I have here in the city. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Three Stars. Uh, I mean, the, there's, there's a few more that I'm probably uh, – Oh, even the stupid Chinese places, uh, Green Garden, that place was fire. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's stupid how many places I, I do miss from back home. Um, we're getting to our last question, and then uh, once once we answer that last question, I have a game for you guys. But uh, from a, a standpoint of your kids are, don't finish their meals, so what are your favorite kids' foods to consume? Like, what are you rooting for? that uh, Mikey or Jack's just doesn't have the stomach to finish. French fries, chicken nuggets, and probably any cereal. I will say this. Sometimes I do don't mind if they don't finish their cereal in the morning. Gotcha. Um, you like it when it's real uh, chocolate. <laughs> no, because most of the time they're not even using it with milk, to be honest with you. They're yeah. just eating it out of a bowl. I neither. Okay. It's so weird. Yeah, so it's dry. So I should I should clarify that. No, I'm not eating like a soggy <laughs> um, leftover, like bottom of the barrel um, cereal. No, I, I'm just talking about there. It's just dry. So usually I'm hoping I'm usually the one that adds a cereal in after they're done. Gotcha. Um, to add, look to add the cereal to finish it. So I'd say chocolate checks, maybe any any breakfast cereal food. Nice. Yeah, I I think for me it was like a holy trinity of kids' foods, and uh, at the top of that uh, you have chicken nuggets, and then. What make the foundation of that that pillar of the triangle is uh, macaroni and cheese and grilled cheese. Um, yep, I could just eat those all day, every day, um, and and be pretty happy. So, uh, you know, those are uh, and I, I admittedly will like. Lita will look at the amount of food I make for chef and <laughs> just shake her head because I'm I'm making food as if I'm cooking for like you guys, as if you guys were coming over and having lunch with me. It's really like forty chicken nuggets and. A giant pot of uh, a macaroni and cheese, which uh, you know, my, my brother told a story. Uh, you guys were talking about packing lunches about, uh, on one of the past episodes about Papa Pappas's and the lunches he packs. And this is something I wanted to ask you because it's, I'm excited to pack chefs' lunches because this is something I remember Papa Pappas doing, and he would drop in like a family style bag of chips that like we were. 
because he would, nine times out of ten he would have forgotten that. Pack, a, pack of smokes yeah, well, the, uh, well, the, well, the bag instant was, coffee the bag was saturated in enough cigarette smoke that you just you could get your nicotine buzz just from you just breathe the bag your, yeah just a little huffing of the bag and you got your smoke no but i i look forward to this because and i think in part it's because he would forget and then be like dad i need a lunch and he would literally feel bad that he forgot so it'd be like a party-sized bag of ruffles just folded in half and shoved in there like a two <laughs> a two liter bottle of rc that was like three-fourths drinking he would throw together like three sandwiches and then he would you know like i don't know like a a giant bag of like tootsie rolls that probably could feed a thousand you know children so um but, and then we'd you know we'd be like pulling these things out of lunches like a giant shopping bag uh would be our bag lunch where everyone has those like little like nice sack lunches um <laughs> So that that's one thing I'm excited for. I'm definitely excited for uh, to share my first euro with Shep. Um, are there any foods that you're excited to share with your kids? Um, you know that that they haven't maybe been exposed to yet. Um, Flynn, are you excited to take your kids along, John Silvers, and expose them to their first hush puppies? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not even sure where the closest one is to Seattle. To be honest with you, I don't think it's close. Um, <laughs> I feel like I would, no. I see. I would say if I could like bringing them back to like Woodstock or something, maybe there'd be some like nostalgic places that like I'd be excited to like take them to that I went to as a kid. Like an El Niagara. I, I, yeah, like El Niagara, you know, three star something like that. But I can't think of like a specific food. Gotcha. That I was like, oh wait, bro, I can't wait till we do this together. What about you, Jenica? Is there anything that uh, that you're excited to share with, with with any of your children? You've already shared oh. the the joy of tender, uh, <laughs> the chicken tenders. True, and they're all about that. Yeah. Um, well, a big part of my career uh, was Texas Roadhouse. Tommy yeah. actually got to work under the table. For sure. <laughs> well, he got paid under the table. Um, and he was uh, working. He was working under there too, for sure. <laughs> a couple of them. So the amount of the amount of like really good quality red meat that I ate for like a good ten year span of time is a little bit forgotten at this point like it's amazing to me like how little i eat like a good ribeye and stuff like that just because expense and so i'm looking forward to the point where we can actually where the kids especially the boys like i don't even know if they've tried steak to be honest with you because it's just not something we've done but like when they're like really digging a good meal that you can grill or a good steak that you can go out and eat you know something you do with your dad so so are you gonna are you gonna like channel and enter like mr kelly and just bring them out to the grill make a shotgun a couple tall boy Coors Lights with you and just teach them all about the ways of grilling meats? If it comes to that, I will. I think you have to, right? Uh, what's, what's the earliest I can have them shotgun a beer? <laughs> I mean, you'd have to ask the Kellys for that, but I, I'm pretty sure it was like... It's not, it's not old. <laughs> I think I remember it around 15 or 16. I'm pretty sure if you can hold it, you can shotgun it. <laughs> If you can get keys to poke it, yeah. And then, if you can know, if you can puncture the can, you're strong enough to shotgun it. Yeah. And then, and then once you're doing that, it's really just a, a short evolution to the Indy 500. <laughs> and bam, next thing you know, yeah, next thing you know, you're in the infield at the 500. That's right, in the snake pit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, is there anything else we missed food-wise that, that that you guys want to talk about before I let you go? I, I think that's all the questions I had. Nope. All right. Well, we're going to play this game here real quick. Um, we take a quick break and then we're going to come back. We're going to spin this wheel. We're going to play spin the wheel with the boys. All right. We are going to play a game here, as I mentioned at the top of the show. 
both these gentlemen are part of the movie club that we talked about in uh, in the mailbag. Our, our friend Patrick in Indianapolis asked about that. Um, and since both these gentlemen are competitive and, and they are in the movie club, what we're going to do is we're going to play a little game where we're going to spin the movie club wheel here. And I've got a bunch of actors' names. Most of these actors are actors that we've uh, drawn in our own movie club. Uh, once an actor is drawn, you're going to have 30 seconds to name as many movies that that actor has starred in um, as possible. And then at the end, we're going to tally up who has the most uh, who has the most movies, and we will declare a winner. So uh, it, does anyone want to spin first? Okay, sure. We'll have, we'll have Adam spin first. And uh, here we go. Actually, let's put the camera on me and the wheels. Wait, who is that uh, so all the actors are from our movie club with the exception of a couple. And I tried to go with either. Did you and Jay talk about this beforehand? We didn't. Uh, so Jenner, Scott Bakula, Scott Bakula. Has he been in, has he, can I name TV shows? Nope. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow some TV shows. In this has regard. he even been in any movies? I mean, I don't, I don't want to so. give you any answers, but yeah, I can think of at least I can think of one or two. Uh, you can't say quantum leap. Uh, you absolutely <laughs> can. I'll I'll allow it. So so let me get my stopwatch going and Jenrick on um, thirty seconds. Let's uh let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Okay, go. Quantum leap. <laughs> <laughs> it's always That's it. <laughs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He was, he was in the the, he was. the musical episode. I'm Wasn't he in one of the CS? I feel like he was in one of the CSIs, or he was in a show like that. For sure. And Do I have was, to name it right? He was also in a major sports franchise. Oh, he was in a, uh, Major oh, League? One yeah, of the, yeah. yeah so, not Major I'll, League One, but two or three. Yeah, okay. So even though Jennifer pretty much gets zero, he gets out. We'll, we'll even, though, even though in our history as, as high schoolers, we would have said he'd been in everything. Well, that's what I was hoping you were going to name. I thought you should have just been naming Dick Tracy. You should have just oh, started. Right. Right. He was in Dick Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. He's in everything. <laughs> no, oh, you know what sure you Scott totally Bacula. forgot? You know what you forgot with Bacula was uh, Unnecessary Roughness. Oh, that is a really Probably movie. the best Bacula movie there is. <laughs> that is really, really good. You have uh, a movie called The Illusionist, too. I just thought of it. Ooh, I'll I, give I, it to you. I'll give, you, I'll give you all Google of it. Yeah, I, I like that movie. Um, all right, Slyn, you ready okay. to spin the wheel? Yeah, I don't know if I... It, it, who said Scott Bakula on the movie club, by the way? I don't remember that one. No one did, but I included it as an inside joke. <laughs> uh, I just explained how it ended up on there um, because it okay. used to bust Jenner's balls. Oh, this is Nick Cage. Oh, super Nick easy. Cage. Okay. Super easy. Yeah, well, that's the way sometimes, you know, life isn't fair, and sometimes neither is the, uh, the wheel. Flinny, your score to beat is three. Okay. Uh, let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Okay, go. So probably his best movie, Mandy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Con Air. Ding. Uh, face Face Off. Ding. Gone in 60 Seconds. Ding. Ghost Rider. Ding. Uh, what else has Nick Cage been in? What am I missing? Quite a few. <sighs> I know. Starts with a number. You're very, very big in your list. Starts with a number. Oh, eight millimeter. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> time. Uh, time. Okay. Well, right, he was so literally in two national treasures. You could have been two thirds of the way there with just that franchise. Yeah, that's a really good point. I don't know why I didn't think of national treasure. Yeah. You did win though. 
<laughs> you did win. You did win. I, I in my also... defense, I, I think uh, I don't think Scott Bakula has actually been in more than one or two movies. So that's yeah. true. Well, you know, like I said, sometimes life's not fair, and neither is the wheel. So Jenna threw the short end of the wheel stick today. Maybe next time uh, it'll be Flynn drawing the Scott Bakula of the wheel. Um, but today Flynn comes out on top, victorious, and uh, there was no mustache preference there. So yeah. thank you guys again for coming in. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. We will be back soon. And we'll be back.